Chapter 4, verse 16. Abide in love. God is love. God is love. And we abide in love. Abide in God. Just keep those. This is those literature as for you to read when you get home. Praise the Lord. It's not for you to read here now. Keep it for, for further exhortation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this hour. Father, we are nobody, Lord. Who can talk about love except you? Help us, Lord Jesus Christ, because that is what you said he is going to rapture the bride love will rapture the bride so when we don't have love he say we are nothing so help us lord with this exhortation speak to our mouths and minister to all of us lord father we trust in you lord because your word will not return to you void thank you father in the name of our lord jesus christ we have prayed amen god is love and we Abide in love, abide in God, and God in us. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to take special consideration of this exhortation because it is the word of God. The Bible said God himself is love. But let me start from the story of Jonah. Say, Jonah? Yes, that's how the Lord is leading this. Jonah chapter 1. Let's read the story of Jonah. And I will see how it will be connected to God's love that Jonah missed. You know the story of Jonah? Many of you that are Bible, who knows the story of Jonah? Praise the Lord. Jonah was a prophet in Israel. He wrote the Sims chapter 1, 2, and 3. He wrote it himself. God sent him to go to a city called Nineveh and go preach to them. In fact, go declare unto them that there are few more days and God is going to wipe them out. They're going to be destroyed because of their evil. And John chapter, Jonah chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, 
See, now the, and arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. And verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fear thereof. And went down into it to go with them unto Tashish from the presence of the Lord. Well, you can say, well, he made a mistake. There was no place that is called, that is not, that God is not present. You know that. But the point is, what was this man thinking of? What was he thinking of? He wanted this city to be destroyed. That's the only thing we can think about. He wanted that city to be destroyed. Number one, Nineveh happens to be an enemy of his, his own country. They are the Assyrians and they were terrorizing Israel. So, and they were weakened. God said, I was going to destroy them. He was like, no, 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 that's what I want. But God said, go preach to them. He knew that God, if he went to preach to them, they might repent. And God would not destroy them. So he wanted to flee from the presence of God so that God won't talk to him anymore. God destroyed them. How many of you like, have been praying against your enemy? How many of you have been wanting your enemy to be killed? The Lord is leading us somewhere. What did Jesus Christ tell us? Pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. That's where we're going to connect this with love because God is love. What is the purpose of prophesying? If God sees somebody that is misbehaving, even if among individuals, if you are a child of God and you run away into sin, and there was a prophecy that says, turn your ways. God is not just condemning you. God is not just trying to make you feel bad. God is wanting to reconcile you unto himself. That is the purpose. When you may say that he said they're going to be destroyed in 40 days. If they turn, they will not be destroyed. So the purpose of prophecy, the purpose of God warning, God brought all of these things in the scriptures, they are for us to turn and come back to him. That is the main purpose. Not to destroy, not to condemn. So, any one of us that do not recognize that, we, we, we misbehave. Because we do not know the heart of God. The heart of God is to save mankind. Not to destroy us. But you say, but see, Moses said, destroy them. Moses said, yes, but see, if they turn, God is merciful and ready to save, ready to deliver. But Jonah missed that. He wanted them destroyed. And that is why this story is about God's love, not about God's judgment and God's wrath. Everything God is warning us about is because he loved us. He loved you. And I want you to not go to that damn place that he has already said is reserved for Satan and all his and all his courts. So Jonah fled. You know this whole story. God didn't let him escape. He was thrown out of the ship into the sea when the sea would not let him go. And in the end, he went. So I'm not telling the story of Jonah. You can read the whole chapter one, two, and three. In the end, he went. And what happened? The whole city repented. Even the king repented. Made a decree everybody must fast, and they fasted. And God spared the whole city. But Jonah was mad. 
He was angry. You can read that chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4. Verse 1. Say, displeased Jonah. Say, God, you are too merciful. God, you are too merciful. You should have destroyed these people. And that is where we are coming to the love that God is preaching to us today. Because his message to mankind is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So it's the plan of God is to save mankind, not to destroy us. So let's see, we individually, we have to remember that and recognize that we have to walk in this love. We must walk in that love and that is where we come to, to realize that we cannot be condemning people. If you are still full of condemnation to your next door neighbor, to the sinners, God is not condemning them. God is asking them to turn to him. God is asking them to turn so that they can be saved. That is the purpose of God. So we that have seen the light of God, we should always remember to show mercy unto those that have not seen the light. Remember that. So divine love is what we are preaching about. But see, you will say, well, how is it possible to really do this divine love? How will we do it? Let's go to the story of Apostle Peter. In Gospel of John, chapter 21. Gospel of John, chapter 21. The first few things I just mentioned is to lay the foundation of what the love of God is really all about. It's not to condemn us, but to save us. But now he commanded us to love one another. God himself commanded us to love one another. He said, a new commandment he has given unto us in Gospel of John chapter John or chapter 13. John chapter 13 verse 34. John chapter 13 verse 34. A new commandment is what God has given unto us. That ye love one another as I have loved you. That was not just to the apostles. That is to every believer. As I have, that ye also love one another. The next verse said, Greater love has no man than this. See, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. So that is how people will know that we are his disciples when we have love one to another. One to another. Now you say, Well, that guy that offended me, I so now when we are talking of this, we are not talking of just between believers. Not just talking about between believers. Because that's commanded. We are commanded to love one another in the household of God. But God is talking about you loving that next door neighbor. You loving that your employee, member of your or co-worker. That you already know he wants to you fired from that job. God wants you to still love him or her. That's what Jesus Christ said. Love your enemy. Pray for those that despisefully use you. Well, this is a very important topic because that is the only way we are going to get out of here. When you see the, one of the passages, one of the papers are passed out, they won't say the reign of love when you get to read it. That was a prophecy in the 1600s that was said that the woman said, the, the prophet that wrote said, God will wait 
until this love is born in the heart of the saints. We think the Lord is coming soon. Everybody is saying it's coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. He said the, the bride is not ready until we are clothed with that divine love. So that we are like him. Because God himself is love. So that is why he's saying we have to revisit this regularly. Revisit this topic regularly for those elect that wanted to make heaven. For those elect that wanted to be able to go with him in the rapture. Revisit that topic because it is that love that is going to rapture the bride. Now, I say let's go to the Gospel of John chapter 21 and see how the Lord was talking to Apostle Peter in verse 15. After they have eaten, so when they are dying, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than this? And he said, yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. So the Lord is asking, not only Simon Peter, is asking you and me, do you really love Jesus? Do you really love Jesus? Because that is what it boils out to. He said, well, love one another that we are talking about. Me love my spouse, you love your spouse. Me love that brother, even though that brother didn't speak well of me. Me love that sister, even though that sister didn't talk about me well. Me love that next door neighbor that really didn't like black people around their neighborhood. Or that other one that didn't really like those uh, Caucasian or Hispanic around their neighborhood. God said, love them still. Show that love. Well, it's not easy to do that unless you love Jesus so much that you will do anything for Jesus. That is what he is saying. Jesus Christ is, was asking Peter, he said, Lovest thou me more than this, more than this, I just make fish. He, make, he just wink his finger and there are a lot of fish in the, in the, in the net. And they always love that. Peter said, well, that's the master. As long as your answer is answering your prayers, is that when you love him? Do you love him only when he answers your prayers? Love is thou me more than this. That was what the logic was happening, Peter. Do you love Jesus only when things are going good for you? And you say, well, praise God, you now use that to say, come to Jesus, everything will be going good for you. That will be a lie because Jesus Christ didn't say that if you come to him, everything will go good. There may be, carry your cross and follow me is what he said. A cross is a death sentence. In those days, the cross is a death sentence. Anyone carrying the cross me has been condemned. Armed robbers, they were condemned. So they carried their cross. Jesus Christ typified following him to carrying your cross and follow him. That's what he said. So don't go and witness to people and say, when, when you come to Christ, all your troubles will be over. No, that is not what he said. But he will give you peace even in the midst of trouble. That is guaranteed. But you have to remember, carry your cross, is what he said, and follow me. But then he said, if you love Jesus so much because you know you have a better hope, a better place to go, then you are ready to do anything for Jesus. And then he said, love your neighbor, love your enemy, pray for him. Gee, how can I pray for him? Because you love me, Jesus. If you love Jesus, then you do what Jesus says. That is why I'm going to pray for this, my enemy, just because I love Jesus. So that is where the story of Peter comes in. 
He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. He said, now do this for me. Feed my lambs. Do you love me, Peter? He said, yes, I love you. He said, do this for me. Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? He said, yes, I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou wast young, thou guardest thyself, and walking with thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall guard thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. And he went forward and said, follow me. So he was telling Peter, if you love me, you are ready to do anything for me. Follow me wherever he leads you. So this is the message that is for us also. You are to love Jesus so much that you are ready to do anything he says, including loving that fellow that you think hates you. Say, love your enemy. Do good to them that despisefully use you. Now, many people always try to talk about we must live right, we must live God, and the Lord said, it summarizes everything into one. Romans chapter 13. Romans, the book of Romans chapter 13. We are going to live for Jesus, but it is the love of Christ that must be controlling us. The love of Christ that must be controlling us. Romans chapter 13, verse 9 and 10. So you have said, you have heard, now this is not English. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, for this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not be a false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That is all the summaries of the laws that you all know. Summarized to, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love walketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So when we have love, then you, if you love your neighbor, you will not steal from him. If you love your neighbor, you will not commit adultery with his spouse or her spouse. If you love your neighbor. Love walked no ill to his neighbor. So that's what God is saying. So now he said, the greatest of all these things is love. And that is the level God wants us to be before we go into rapture. This church, I'm talking of the church, not this group. I'm talking of the body of Christ worldwide. We must come to that level. That was what that prophecy in 1600 was saying. It said it is the reign of love's kingdom. It's what God is bringing upon the earth. Reign of love's kingdom. And we all know that God is love according to that first John chapter 14. If God is love, amen? Everybody say God is love. Everybody say God is love. Do you believe God is love? Now, you also say we are children of God. Not so. Are you a child of God? Raise up your hand if you are a child of God. Because we just sang that song, I'm a child of God. Then you are a child of love. Amen? Amen? So if I'm a child of God, I am a child of love. So then we must be, it must be easy for us to love everybody. If I'm a child of love, I must be able, because this Bible said, the love of God is already shared abroad to our heart by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, ask him. 
The love of God is already shared and brought into our heart by the Spirit of the living God. So it should be easier for me and you to love everybody. Now, we are going to define love because what some people think is love may not really be what God is looking for. We are going to define love. It's already defined for us in the scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 13. Let's define the love that God is saying. God said he loved so well, the whole world so much and he gave his only begotten son. That's how he expressed his own love. He gave his only begotten son. But some people misinterpreted love and said, well, you see, God so much love us, so he let us do whatever we like to do. There are some videos, if you have not been watching the videos on YouTube, there are some videos of street preachers. Some young people, and I love those street preachers because I was a street preacher when I was back, when I was younger in Africa. Many of you have read my book, you see my jeep, that was street preaching. And I've seen them right now, God is talking about revival, the revival is already here. Street preachers going in the streets and being, being attacked by homosexuals. And attacking the street preacher, saying that where well, you are preaching anti law and against love. I say, well, their own love is that they should do anything they like. No, that's not what the love is God is saying. The love God is saying is written in First Corinthians chapter 13. Love will correct, of course, and then long suffering. Because God described Himself in First Corinthians chapter 13. So though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, verse 1, and not not love, so I become as sounding brass or a tinkling symbol. So and though I have the gift of prophecy, everybody wants to be able to prophesy in the church, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, so I am nothing. Went for said, though I bestow all my goods to, to, to feed the poor. Now, that is where many people think that well, that is love. Now, just give money to the homeless. Nothing wrong with those, but you see, that is not the love he's talking about because that can be done without love. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, that's verse 3, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love. He said, it profited me nothing, which means you can still do all of those without having this love. Because people do those just for show, to show that I like that man, or see me, I can do these things. No, it's not, it's not the love God is talking about. Now, God is talking about love in verse 4. Begin to describe what love is. When you compare verse 4 to what God told Moses, Moses said, I want to see your glory. God told Moses, anybody that sees my face cannot live because it's a pillar of fire. He said, but I will let you, I will declare my name before you. And when God declared his name before Moses, what did he say about himself? The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, that was his name. But see, these are what you see here in chapter 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love suffered long. See, describing this thing God said. And is kind. Love envied not. Love vaunted not itself. It's not puffed up. Love behaved, does not behave itself unseemly. Does not seek our own. It's not easily provoked. Does not think evil. 
Does not, he said, rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. It beareth all things, it believeth all things, it hopeth all things, it endureth all things. You can analyze every one of that and compare it with how you and I live our life. Every one of those attributes of love and see whether you are living like that. Towards that guy, towards that woman that you think is your enemy. You see what I'm talking about? God is looking at my heart and your heart. He's not looking at that enemy. He's looking at your heart because he will defend you when you are surrendered to him. When you are following these scriptures, God will defend you against that enemy. And Solomon put it one way, which is not really what God is saying we should do. He said, if your enemy be hungry, what did he say you should do? Give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. And he said, well, you'll be putting fire upon his head, stones of fire, but that's not what God is saying you should. That's not your motive. But Solomon is just telling you the practicality of it. God will be defending you if you will do God's word first. Praise the Lord. So, love forgives. That's verse 5, that you say. And that is one of the, there was a video we talked about a long time ago that I showed where somebody went to hell because the angel told him that because you didn't forgive your wife, this is where you belong right now. But we're going to send you back to make amends. Love forgives. So if somebody has offended you, you better forgive. That is part of love. Love thinketh no evil. That means if anybody, if you, if, many of us can fall prey to some of this. You hear the stories of some politicians that they were doing some bad things. Your heart is already against them. You are already thinking something should happen to them. Love thinketh no evil. Remember that. So that I can't love that president. This God is not. It's that's why I say love how him because of Jesus. Amen. What will you do for Jesus' sake? Love your enemy for Jesus' sake. So that is what God is saying here. Love thinketh no evil. That is, I have to keep pudging my heart and say, Lord, help me out. Why did I dislike that guy? I learned that he has stolen a lot of money from Nigerian government posts. Everybody is homeless in Nigeria. Everybody is having, looking for And your heart is angry at them. But think no evil. There was a time I, I was guilty of that myself. I read this story that said, these senators have stolen all the money of Nigeria. All these people have done. I was so enraged and I said, begin to cut them off, Lord. The Lord said, do you want me to really do that? Get rid of all these senators, all these politicians. The Lord said, do you really want me to do that? After I come to my senses, I said, Lord, forgive me. I, I shouldn't even be praying like that. Love, think, no evil. You say, wait, wait, why do you love them? God says you love everybody. All men. I know many people, they hated the new president in this country because of all that he said. They say, but God said, love him. As a believer, and pray for him. Many people say, look at what the president of Nigeria has been doing. He's putting all these Fulanese into powers. They hated him for that. God said, love him. And pray for him. Well, see, all the southern south, he didn't put anybody in power. God said, love him and pray for him. 
from your heart. Praise the Lord. So you see, we are stepping on our toes right now and say, God is saying it is love that is going to rule in his own church. That's why when you read that uh, prophecy, say God is going to wait until he get that love born in the house of saints before he can come. Oh Lord, he's coming in the 1970s. Did he come? No. Why to care? Jesus is coming. Did he come? No. He will continue to delay until the church comes to what he wants. So if you are wanting to go with him, and then people, of course, they are going to the other side. They are passing on. People are passing on. People that have preached this, they are passed on. But if they pass on not having the love, we see we may have trouble on the other side. The Lord reminded me of the vision that I have prepared, that I have revealed many years. It was something like 2005, 2007. It's written in my books. In this vision, the Lord brought me to a mountain. I was standing on the top of a mountain and looking at a city, a very beautiful city, full of light. And then they look like a wall around the city. And people are coming to the gate of the wall, to the, to the gate of the city. And I just knew from, my, from that vision that they are Christians, holy people, holy people, saints. They are coming to the gate. The gate was like a open the gate was open but when you see through the gate you can see like a cloud of light very brilliant light and the, the first place you want to go in they run back people are running back and then the place was they are piling up piling up at the gate and these people say some angel was there trying to kill us i was just on the mountain they're watching what's going on here and then one of them said wait the lord is coming to talk to us then from that city i saw doves flying in the air they came over the wall and came out the lord flew with this wall with these birds like a a bunch of doves and he came down landed in front of this crowd that have gathered at the gate of the entrance of this city and when the lord landed you know what the lord told them the lord laughed at them i said i told you to walk in love that was all the message. Didn't I tell you to walk in love? That is the message for us. When I woke up in that vision, I told the people that are around me, I told in another sermon, God is saying, without love, you will not go in through that, through that city. You see, it is love that is going to change us to light. Unless we transform to light, we cannot penetrate into that city. The city we are talking about, which is New Jerusalem. Well, it's simply more like a figurative way of showing it to us. Not that they will ever get to the gate anyway. But it's making us to know that love is very critical. When you say walk in love, even among believers, because we know in the body of Christ, that minister will go on television and on radio and blast that other person because of what they say, they say, he say, he heard. Or between one and one and one, one another, people say they love you but say when they smile but in their heart they didn't like the person god is saying walk in love god is looking at your heart not at your face that smiles remember that it's the love that is going to rapture the bride it's not looking at how you smile or hug somebody it's looking at your heart and pour your heart is what god is talking of to us our heart must be clean 
Say, love forgives. If there's anything against one another, forgive one another because that is the command of God. Finishing that first Corinthians chapter 13, what did the Lord say? He said, love bears all things. He said, well, he said, I can't bear this fellow anymore. God said, love will bear it. And this is very important when it comes to our soul, not so. That is the only way we can live with one another, husband and wife. Forgiving one another because you rob on one another's shoulders, you know, you rob, you rob one another roughly. Without forgiveness, which is part of love, no two women can live together. You have to love to forgive. You have to learn to forgive. You have to learn to live and have our heart purged. Praise the Lord. Say, love believeth all things. Love believeth all things. Ah, that is where some of us have problem. Because we already think of this fellow that, no, he's telling me lies. How do you know he's telling you lies? Love believeth all things. Especially when you come to you and your children. Love believeth all things. Let before you let it, let it be proven that he is, she or he is telling you lies. Don't jump to conclusion because you already assume that this fellow is this because love believeth all things. Love hopeth all things. Love endureth all things. And finally, somebody said, love never fails. Every other thing may fail. Divine love that God is talking about because God Himself is love. He said he will not fail. God will not fail you. But he's wanting not to say, what she, why are we, saints of God, not able to get to this level that God is talking about? See, love is a fruit. It's already deposited. When you deposit a seed, what happens? For that seed to germinate, you need to water it. You need to create an environment for it. In you, you have to water that love exercise it and then it will begin to germinate and produce but if you don't pro provide a necessary atmosphere it will just be a seed that you never produce so that is why we need to exercise that love that is when you feel angry and you remember he said you forgive i have to swallow my pride and go say i forgive you're swallowing your pride that is exercising that love that is creating an environment for that love to actually have a breeding place. It is necessary sometimes to hide your pride and go make amends, to go make restitution, to go do exactly what the Bible says. You are, so you are humbling yourself when you do that, when sometimes you may have to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes I don't feel sorry at all. You may have to say, I'm sorry. It is exercising love. I remember telling a fellow, I said, call this fellow, try to invite the fellow and for lunch and talk kindly, talk softly. It may be tough to do, but do it. Just do it. You are exercising love. And when you do that, you are creating an atmosphere for that love that is already delivered, deposited to you to germinate. Because it has to germinate and produce fruit before it can overwhelm us. Then we become like him. Praise the Lord. But love never fails. Love never fails. You'll be surprised how it never fails, how it works out. Praise the Lord. Now, you may say, well, 
what can I do? How can I get myself back into love? We are going to ask one another. You are going to ask yourself. I'm going to wrap it up right now. You are going to search your heart. As the word of God is coming, you know where you are. As the word of God is coming, I'm not talking about well. You can look at ninety hundred percent of people and say, "I love all these people." Yeah, it's, this pastor is not talking to me. I love all these people, except that guy in my house. That is the one God is talking about. That one in your house. That is what God is talking about. So when you love everybody, except that's my co-worker. That is the one God is talking about. You need to love that one also. And that's why I say as the word of God is coming to you, it will reflect back to you. Maybe your old cousin that you say, he did something to me when I was young. Bring it back to me and say, Lord, I forgive him or her. Because that is the one God is talking about. God wants our heart, our heart to be pure. So that, because God wants to dwell in your heart. Amen? So now as we wrap it up, I want you to come to you. Just let us stand up. Stand up right now. That is the summary of it all. Love is what God is calling for. Now think about, think about it. Think in your heart deep. Anybody in your life that you have hurt or that hurt you, or that you are just not having good times with him. Anytime the, the fellow comes to your mind, you know how you felt, how you normally you feel. Anytime that fellow's name comes back to you, you know how you, you have a reservation. Let's put it that so softly. I have a reservation concerning that guy. Or even a minister. Each time I heard about that evangelist, that minister, I don't believe him. But you see, pray for him is what God is saying. So that is what you are saying. When you have that in your heart now, talk to the Lord. Jesus say, Lord, deal with this. I don't want to have ill feeling against anybody. Say, God, the Bible says, love walketh no heal against anybody, against his neighbor. You don't want to walk any heal. It also means you don't want to even think evil. You don't want any evil to come to your mind concerning this fellow. Because when you have that animosity in your mind concerning anybody, when you hear that that man stumbled, your heart wants to rejoice, but you must not. Because God said, God watches over here. I said, let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Lest the Lord see it. And it displeases the Lord. Then the Lord is going to withdraw his hand from that enemy. So if you want to come to the altar and pray briefly, come to the altar. And lay it at the altar before the Lord. Anybody who wants to come to the altar, come to the altar and lay it before the altar, before the Lord. And say, Lord, I want to surrender that fellow that hurt me to you. Come, come and kneel down and lift her up free briefly and you're going to talk to the Lord. Just talk to the Lord yourself. Come to the altar and come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to lay that fellow down. Whatever is that, don't tell me. Just tell that person. Just tell the Lord that person that hurt you, that you know you have ill feeling with him or her. And it could be your spouse that you're just killing every time you just don't agree. It's always some conflict or the other. You couldn't wrestle to just talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, take this heal feeling out of my heart so that I'll be clear in my heart. It could also be just some student. You have somebody in that your school that is always stepping on your toes. You want to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for hating that fellow. Forgive me for not wishing well for that person. And take all those hunger, rage, jealousy, strive from my heart concerning that fellow. Help me, Lord, to love the fellow and just pray for the person right now. 
Sara kanda bashedar hobata kanda bashedar yere kamba hoba kanda bashedar Father, I plead the blood of Jesus upon me myself, and I pray for every one of us that are here, Lord Jesus, that you touch us with your love. That love you already have in our hearts is already deposited, Lord. Touch our heart, Lord. God. Help us, Lord, God, to clean our heart, Lord, and have no animosity, no ill feeling against anybody. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, because God Himself is love and He wants to live in us. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Let your word minister life unto us, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee here from his sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all your offerings and accept thy bond sacrifice even right now, Father. Remember us, Lord God, we that have come to the altar that are talking to you right now. And remove all those evil things from our heart, Lord. Help us to be clear in our to move to, to have love. One to one another and to the body of Christ and to everybody. Having no evening against anyone in the name of Father Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.